0: Welcome friends, my name is Jonathan Reeder and I am the community life pastor here at Friends Church in Orange. And we are so glad that you are checking out this message today. We hope that you find inspiration for your spiritual journey, wherever you're at on that journey. We're just glad that you're here today. If you wanna find out ways to get connected here at Friends and be a part of our community, you can just check all that out on the website that you're on right now. Find out how you can be a part of what is happening here at Friends. We hope you enjoy this message and we hope that God blesses you through what you hear.
1: Last weekend, uh, I wasn't here. This past week, I got to drop off my younger son, Tate, to join my older son, Cade. Uh, at the University of New Mexico. They're going to college there. They're going to play some football there together. And so you can see a little family shot out on the field. In the background, they get to share an apartment together, which is unbelievable. On I mean, it's just unbelievable what God's done. And so in so many ways, it was just a cool celebration of everything God's done and what's possible. And it was just awesome to be together and to remember pictures and tell stories and just laugh and in so many ways it was so hard and we just wept and cried and you know the last I'd written this letter to Tate just about all the things that God has poured into him over these last 18 years and how ready he is for this next chapter and I was just bawling I was just a mess and the whole family's just like group hug and so anyway we're able to just kind of launch him off and and start heading home and if you know anything about us and our family. We are a road trip family, we love road trips. And the van was a little quieter than usual, right? Because now it's just my youngest daughter, Cozy, who's at home with us. So it was just Holiday and I and Cozy. Uh, And if you know anything else about Zimmerman road trips, it's that I drive really fast because I like to get places. I don't like to just mess around, you know what I mean? It's like, we're going there, we're gonna get there. And so, you know, we're talking about this and I got a place to be and let's go and you know, Cozy and Holiday are like, can't we stop? And no, we're not stopping, get your snacks, get your water, let's go, I have to go to the bathroom. No, you don't have to go to the bathroom. Like, we got places to go. So Holiday's like, oh, but look how beautiful it is. It's such, oh, look at Route 66, runs right along here, And I'm like, that's why they built Highway 40, because it's faster. And it's like, we can get there quicker. So anyway, she just kept wanting to stop. So guess who won? Holiday. So, you know, eventually we stop. It's beautiful up in the mountains at one point. She's like, oh, look at this. We should just let the dogs out and let them go run and everything. So I took this picture from the van didn't even get out. I'm like, great. You want to get out with the dogs? You get out there and walk around. So, Joyce, you're so offended at this, aren't you? You're just like, I can't believe you would do that. I did it. So, you know, she's out there and walking around with the dogs, and I'm waiting for her to get back in, and we get a little further down. Oh, look how beautiful this is. Let's stop. This is so amazing. We could have a picnic. And so she gets out again, and, you know, she's picking up, look at this little stick, and she finds this little creature, a little caterpillar. You know, Holiday's just in awe of all the beauty and creation, and I'm like, Time is wasting, like we have to get home. But it just became this really fascinating uh, study about how I'm wired to rush. Like, I'm just wired to move fast through life. And not only on vacations or driving, like, I tend to move pretty fast through life anyway. I walk fast. Holiday and I take the dogs on walks. I like doing walking meetings with our staff and teams sometimes, and they'll tell you. I walk fast. Like, it's like, wait, are you going somewhere? Yeah, we got to get somewhere. We got a place to be. But it became this opportunity of where I'm wired to rush. And I started thinking, like, I wonder what I miss, I wonder, what I, mi- I wonder what I might have missed even in some moments with my wife or my daughter coming back on that trip. I wonder what I might have missed in terms of creation or some beauty. I wonder what I miss as I'm moving through life here. And the other thing I started realizing is maybe that's partly what, the reason I, I'm so tired and weary. I mean, there, there's, I think most of the world right now really is desperate for some rest. I mean, you don't have to look very far to see the statistics and the numbers and the weight that is just being placed on everybody's lives and shoulders. We're all pretty tired, it's a weary world. And my bet is you're pretty tired. And maybe you're tired physically, maybe you're tired vocationally, maybe there's been lots of change at work and back and forth, maybe you're tired because you're launching into a new season of life, maybe you're tired because of relationships and some things you've been working through or battling or reconciled, maybe you're tired because you have a new baby or a new family, maybe you're tired not physically or for any of those reasons, maybe you're getting plenty of sleep but everything's good, but maybe it's just your mind that you just can't seem to slow it down. It just keeps working and working and working and moving and the questions and the angst just keeps building. But all of us, I think, are just desperate for some rest. And so as we were looking ahead, even at this weekend, we had already planned to just take a weekend and go, let's just slow down and maybe even stop a little bit. Because we have this great gift, over the next two to three months, the whole world gives us permission to recalibrate our rhythms around rest. We're expected to take some time off. We're expected to take some days off. We're expected to reset some things in our life about what it means and how we want to live. And so today, I want to invite you guys to just slow down with me and to even just stop. And we're just going to let God speak to us about our life and our rhythms of rest. And so as we walk our way into that, we're going we're gonna to practice that together. We're going to have a pace that's a little bit slower. We're going to hear from God and his word about what, what did he set up and designed for us from the very beginning. And it set, like I said, it's just an invitation and an opportunity to let God speak to you about where you're at in your rhythms of rest. So if you would, just close your eyes as we begin this journey together. And I want to just invite you for a moment just to take a deep breath and stop. And my bet is God's already talking to you a little bit about who you are, about how you move through life. Maybe you're the kind of person that's wired to rush instead of rest, like me. Maybe you found yourself being in a hurry, overwhelmed, What is it in your life that's making you tired? Where do you feel the weight of the world? Is it through your work or through school? Maybe through a relationship? Maybe it's through just sadness and grief or broken dreams Maybe it's a behavior, an addiction that's just got a hold of you. It's squeezing the life out of you. So today, are you willing to slow down? Are you willing to rest? Let God speak to you about your rhythm of rest. So Father, speak to us today about who you are and invite us once again, into your grace and into the rhythms of life that you created for us to experience the fullness of life that you have for us. It takes slowing down, even stopping, to get to a place where your your heart, your mind, is slow enough that You can begin to even hear God's voice about what he's saying. See his faithfulness, remember his goodness. There's a stopping that's required. And it shouldn't surprise us because we were designed for rest. We were designed for it. We were created for it. The defining story of the Bible in many ways, the opening narrative of the Bible Right, as God is creating everything, He creates light and dark and land and sea, and He creates all the creatures and everything we see and experience under the water and everything on the land, and He's creating man and woman and His image. He's like, oh, it's beautiful, everything's very good. And then in Genesis chapter 2, verse 1, it says this So the creation of the heavens and the earth and everything in them was completed. So on the seventh day, God had finished his work of creation, so he rested from all of his work. And God blessed the seventh day. He declared it holy because it was the day when he rested from all his work of creation. Now, I don't know about you, but I like to ask questions. Some read the Bible. So one of the first questions is, why did God rest? You ever wonder that? Like, why did he stop? Like, do do you think he was exhausted? I mean, it sounds tiring, doesn't it? Like six days. Why he made everything, I'd be tired. I mean, did he, what did he have? A lot of coffee or something? How did he get through this? Power drinks? Like, what happened? He must have stopped. He must have, been, he didn't need to recuperate. We know that. God's always existed. So many great passages in the Bible. One of them in Isaiah is one of the most beautiful ones just about God. It says, He never sleeps. He never gets tired or weary. He's constantly looking out, looking over his kids, especially. You and me created in his image. He's always ready to give you grace and strength and his power when you're weak and weary. He never sleeps. He's always watching, just waiting for you to get up in the morning. Oh, you're awake. That's great. Let's go. He never sleeps. So it can't be that. So why? Well, we get a couple clues in the passage in these two words, blessed and holy. The word blessed simply means to celebrate, to honor. And the word holy means set apart, It's different than everything else. And so we see that God creates everything in in six days. And there's this rhythm of creation and work and purpose and meaning and creativity and his power that's getting expressed. And then he goes, wait, we have to stop. And you can just imagine, take a step back and with all of creation, he goes, let's just enjoy the beauty of this. Let's just take it all in for a second. All the wonder and all the creativity and all of the power and all the glory and all of the grace that's on display about who God is, let's just rest in it. See, he's saying there's blessing and there's holiness expressed in that day of rest. There's blessing, there's celebration, there's honor, there's wonder at who God is and what He's done. And then there's holiness. It's something totally different. It's something other than we're going to act this day differently than we did the other six. That's what He's saying. So that's what He puts on display. This is His design. So what happened? Genesis 3 happened right? It's the fall. It's Adam and Eve choosing to to believe that there's no way God can be this good. There's no way that God is going to provide everything that we need in life. There's no way that God can be trusted. He has to be withholding. We can't trust him. We have to create, we want to be like God. And so they go ahead and chase that. And all of a sudden, it's just sin and brokenness and selfishness and control and evil starts to enter the world, and that's what's happened every generation since. And so now, all of a sudden, we see this story of redemption and God's love and pursuit of his kids unfold all throughout the Bible, and he has to reestablish his design and his creation and his rhythm of rest because they're going to forget And so we see in Exodus chapter 20 then, he says this, remember to observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. You have six days each week for your ordinary work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath day of rest, dedicated to the Lord your God. On that day, no one in your household may do any work. This includes you, your sons, your daughters, your male and female servants, your livestock, foreigners living among you, anyone. For in six days... The Lord made the heavens, the earth, the sea, everything in it, but on the seventh day, he rested. That's why the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and set it apart as holy. He reaffirms this rhythm of rest that he wants his people to walk in. And you see a couple words, right, that show up in Genesis in the original story. Blessed and holy. Blessed, ah, you gotta have a celebration. There's gotta be a grand party about the wonder and the creativity and the power and the majesty and the beauty of God, and it's gotta be different. There's gotta be a time, a day, where you set it apart and do it differently. But there's a new word that appears in this this passage, right? The word Sabbath comes from the Hebrew word Shabbat, which just means stop working. Stop working. It's a no work day. Anytime you see the word Sabbath, you should just think no work, right? What does Sabbath mean? No work. There's a whole day devoted to. You can't even say it. Right? Because we, we're like, what? This is such a foreign thing. This can't be real. Oh, wait, it gets better. Look, that's what he's saying. He goes, there's a no work day. He goes, you get six days. You get six days to do it all. Use everything I've given you, all of the creativity, all of the giftedness, all of the resources, all of the passion, all the personality, all the degrees, everything I've given you. Six days, you go for it. But on the seventh day, you, no work. You stop. You rest because you can't bring any purpose and meaning into it. It's a day that's set apart. It's different. It's blessed by God. There's a gift in this day. And if you don't stop, you're never gonna receive that gift. And that's what he's saying. You see, here's the thing, he tells us why he sets this rhythm up in this passage. He says this, the Sabbath, the no work day of rest, it's dedicated to the Lord your God. And there's two things he means by that. Number one is, the Sabbath day, it's a gift for God. Us stopping, not working, doing something different is a gift for God. The Sabbath and rest in our life is a profound act of trust because it's saying, God, I believe that you are the creator. I believe that you, it's taking a step back and going, look at, look at all that you've done. Look at your power and look at your majesty and look at the glory and look at your provision and look at everything. It's a gift for God. We talk about generosity here every single weekend. Every single week we talk about, we want to be the most generous people on the planet with our time, with our treasure, with our resources, with our talents, our giftedness, everything. And so you hear, Kylie was talking about it earlier. She's like, we want to give. We want to give because it's a profound act of trust. It's an act of faith to say, God, this is for you. I'm acknowledging. I didn't do this. You gave me everything I have. And so I'm acknowledging that. We want to give with our our giftedness. With our talents, that's why we serve. There's people in the church in the community, here to serve buttons. you'll see them as you're walking in. They're here to serve you. They're here, I'm here to serve you. There's kids people serving downstairs, our kids right now. We want to use our gifts, our talents to serve one another. And we want to serve the community. That's why we work hard to find bridges and partnerships to go. We want to love people around here. But it's not just our money, and it's not just our talents and our giftedness, it's our time. You see, stopping, no work day. Doing it different is a profound act of trust. It is a gift for God to honor him and say, God, there is nothing that I can bring into this day. But here's the thing. It's not just a gift for God. More importantly, perhaps, it's a gift from God. And that's what got lost for the early people. That's what gets lost for us, which is why we have a hard time even saying it. You see, it's a gift from God because it's a day that's rich with what? Blessing. You see, the Sabbath day is a day that God blessed. It's a unique day that He's saying, There's a gift in this for you. There's something I want to celebrate with you. There's something I have for you. My grace, my power, my healing, my voice. My encouragement, my strength, I don't know what it is, but he goes, I have it for you. But the way you open it is by stopping and resting. No work day. Otherwise, you're going to miss out on this great gift that God has for you. You see, the Sabbath isn't this burden that's supposed to crush you. The Sabbath is remembering and receiving God's grace. The Sabbath is a time to walk in this blessing where we just get to take a step back with him and celebrate who he is and all that he's done. That's the gift of the Sabbath. And here's the thing is all through the Bible when you start looking at it, you start to see the power of Sabbath, of stopping and resting and stillness and bringing nothing into a story and the power of God at work. You get to see it. Just six chapters before this in Exodus 14, one of the most defining stories of the Bible, right? God's people are enslaved, millions of them in Egypt. So what does he do? He sends Moses, go rescue my people, get them out. We're taking them to the promised land. Awesome. It all happens. It unfolds. God leads them right into a dead end. Huh? Anybody remember this? Red Sea in front of him, mountains on either side, army coming in behind them, and all of a sudden it's this defining moment where God's going to talk to his people, and he goes, all right, we're going to get out of this. And he doesn't say, grab your weapons, stand your ground, turn around, we're going to go to war, and I'm going to give you the strength. You know what he says? Stand still. Stop. Don't do anything. And here's what's going to happen. Today, you're going to see me rescue you. You are going to experience my power in your life in a way that you never have before. And you're going to tell about it for generations. Just stand still. Don't do anything. I'm going to do it all. You see, that's a picture of the Sabbath and of rest. We see it all through the Psalms. David, Asaph, all these guys writing so many Psalms about how do we get through life? How do we interact with God? Over and over you see this. Just be still and know I'm God. Just be still and quiet and know that I'm faithful. Be still and you'll hear my voice. Just be quiet. We see it as Paul is writing letters to the church in the New Testament and he's telling them about all the resources they have in God, all the power that they have, his word, his stories power of the Holy Spirit, the presence of power and communion, all these things. But so often, you know what he says? All of that, and here's what I want you to do. Just stand in it. Just stand firm. Don't do anything. You don't have to go fight anyone. You don't have to go argue anything. Just stand and let God sort it out. Stand still. Jesus, right? He modeled Sabbath. How many stories do we read as we're going through the Gospels about Jesus it was the Sabbath day, so he was off to the temple with everybody. He was always, he was engaging in the rhythms that the people were engaged in. The problem is Jesus was doing it differently because they had covered it up as here's something we have to do. This is a box we have to check, we've got to make this. They had stacked on so many rules around it. And Jesus was like, no, 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 it's about, it's about blessing. It's about a gift that God has for us. We just have to go receive it. And so he modeled it, he taught it, he lived it out, he would get away, right, even him. I don't know about you, but I'm thinking if I'm Jesus and I've got three years to change the world, I'm not taking a day off. I'm going, all right, we gotta get after this. We gotta stay at this, guys, let's go. You don't get tired, you drive faster. It's what I do, right? We're in a hurry. We gotta make some things happen. And yet Jesus always found time to Sabbath rest and stop. And then how often do you see he got away from everybody? Just leave me alone for a while. I just need to go be still, I need to receive what my father wants me to receive. I need to hear him. If that's what Jesus had to do, we should probably think about it at the very least. You see, Jesus didn't come to abolish the Sabbath. He came to dig it out. He came to uncover it and just blow off all the sediment that had been piled on it through all the years. So it felt like a rule and a regulation. And he's going, no, this is something that's so beautiful. There's so much blessing in it for you. You're missing the point. It's the invitation. Not only did he model it, he taught it, right? One of the clearest pictures he gives us is in Mark chapter two. He says, Jesus said to them, the Sabbath, no work day, was made to meet the needs of people and not people to meet the requirements of the Sabbath. He's like, look, here's the deal. This isn't some kind of weird test. You don't have to check the box and whatever. This is a gift for you from God. Don't lose sight of that. God knows who you are. He knows you're going to get tired. He knows you're going to get overwhelmed. He knows you're going to get weary. He knows you're going to be exhausted. He knows you're not going to be able to find your way through. So he set up from the very beginning of time this rhythm of rest. You need to receive it as a gift, right? But why don't we? (laughs) I mean, why don't we? I mean, I think part of it, which is interesting, one of the things I love about the Bible is it's not naive, right, to who we are as human beings. And so I think there's a massive clue in the very first word of this this command and this invitation, which is the word remember. Because inherently, if he says remember, he knows we're gonna forget. He knows we're gonna forget. And he's going, look, I I just want you to remember, I want you to remember that I have a gift for you in rest, that you can't manufacture on your own. You can't find it on your own. But we fall into the same trap that Adam and Eve and every generation since has fallen into, right? We think that God really isn't good. We think that he's not really loving. We think that somehow he's going to forget us and our story, that somehow we have to manipulate things or we got to keep working or we got to earn it or we got to find our way. We start to think that he can't be trusted, that he won't provide. There's no way he's going to see me think about this, so I'm going to help you out. Like we have to take control of our own story. We think that it's impossible, that really there's this invitation to rest with this gift of wonder and grace that God has for us. Maybe for someone else, but not for me. I've got to earn it. Or we just, like Adam and Eve, we want to be like God. We want to go, I want to prove myself. I want to power. I want to bring all the meaning and the purpose into every single day. But if we really wanted to be like God, you know what you'd do? You'd rest. But see, nobody talks about that, do they? Nobody remembers that, wait a minute, God stopped. Stopped. Sabbath rest. Took some whole time. Now, here's the thing. I know what you're thinking. At least I know what some of you are thinking. Because I think the same thing when I read passages like this. You're like, all right, here's the deal. This is number one, at the very least, kind of naive, isn't it? I mean, really? How old's this book? Like, let's be real honest. You know, we're talking about thousands of years, right? Go 2,000 years to Jesus' day, first century. I got it. Maybe it worked culturally, contextually then, but there's no way it works today. And not only that, Kyle, come on. You're talking about Genesis 2, the beginning of time, and then the Ten Commandments, and do those even matter anymore, and all these things. I know you're just going, yeah, that's nice, but a bit naive. There's no way, there's no way this Sabbath rest thing is going to work in today's world. Right? Right? How many of you have ever heard of Chick-fil-A? How many of you have ever tried to buy one of their sandwiches on a Sunday and been disappointed and like, oh, that's right? Here's the thing. Chick-fil-A is the third largest franchise in the United States behind only McDonald's and Starbucks because we love coffee. You know what I mean? And here's the thing, they have gone from about $3 billion 12 years ago to almost $14 billion in sales. Their growth has steadily been about 10 to 15% a year, every year, without dipping. And not only that, all of that, they have 25% of the locations of McDonald's and Starbucks, and they're closed one day a week. But it it won't work. God doesn't really mean this, does he? I mean, Kyle, that's nice for them, but you don't understand my life. You don't understand my business. You don't understand my industry. You don't understand the complexities. No, I don't. But I know God does. And I know that he's crystal clear on what he's inviting every single one of us into. And I know that there is a gift for you on the other side of Sabbath, no work day rest, that you're never gonna get to open if you don't try. You see, that's the invitation that he's giving every single one of us. How's this rhythm working out in your life right now? Because as I reflected on it this week, this was challenging for me this whole week. A couple weeks ago when I thought, oh, that's a nice topic we'll talk about as we get into the summer, God's just wrecked me this week. You see, my whole life got turned upside down just like yours two and a half years ago. All of my rhythms went out the window. All of our rhythms went out the window two and a half years ago. You see, our family, we had a pretty good rhythm, you know? It's like all, uh, from Sundays, you know, in the afternoon evening to Mondays, afternoon evening, that was just a perfect period of time for Holiday and I to have this Sabbath rest right? You have a nice dinner together as a family. You shut it down kind of early. You wake up. All the kids are off to school. You know, our oldest daughter, Summer, moved out years ago. She's got, you know, her roommates and jobs. And so all of a sudden, Holiday and I had this amazing like day. Just wake up slow. We could take walks together. We could just journal and look at God. We could just walk through with a sense of wonder. We could talk about what we were grateful for and how he was speaking. We could pray about the future and where we're going and just let him talk to us. It was awesome, until March of 2020. And then they decided to keep my kids home with me at school (laughs) on Mondays. And I'm like, what are you doing? And I had to become a teacher and we had to buy you know, computers and had to increase our Wi-Fi because they're stealing it all. And it was crazy. And all of a sudden we're trying to figure out all these things and there's no more Sabbath. There's no more rhythm. And not only that, when they started opening things back up pretty slowly, you know what they did? They thought, we're going to do the greatest thing. We're just going to bring the kids back from Tuesday to Friday, but Mondays they can still stay home. And I'm like, no, take them Mondays, give me Fridays or whatever. Yeah, it's just, what are you doing? So it's like, I get it. All these rhythms have just been broken. And and candidly, Holiday and I, we have not reset. We're finding our way to it. And not only that, I realized it wasn't just the physical rhythms. I realized I found myself in Adam and Eve and in the Israelites and in the generations of people since. Not in trying to be like God, not necessarily in not trusting God, but I'm the guy who feels like I need to earn my way through life even spiritually with God. And so a day for me to just stop where God's going, God, wait, you don't understand. I just want want to sit with you. Why don't you just sit? Why don't you walk slower? Why don't you just get quiet and, and listen to what your neighborhood sounds like as you walk around it? You see, there's something he's inviting me into there to receive. So I'm with you. But here's the thing. I'm committed over the next two to three months of this summer to recalibrate my Sabbath rest. The question is, are you? And are you willing? Are you willing to do this with me? Because Sabbath rest is about remembering and receiving God's grace. It's a rhythm of rest. As part of my journey this past week, Wednesday morning, I was with a friend, Spencer. Spencer, come on up. Spencer started sharing this story about uh, a rhythm of life for him just to to walk with God. And I was like, Spencer, it just helped me so much in terms of what it felt like. So I think I gave him all of like 20 hours notice to go, I think yeah, you need to share much. this with the church this weekend. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. So tell them what you told me. It was such a killer metaphor, Kyle. I was like, everyone needs to know it. And <laughs> I'll tell the people. <laughs> um, I, I'm a surfer, but I grew up in the Midwest, and when I moved out here, I, I started surfing, and I began to pick up on the parallels between what it's like to walk with the spirit and what it's like to learn to surf, because learning to surf is like the process of learning how to cooperate with the ocean, um, because the ocean has an impulse and a will, and you would do well to learn its will and not just go out there and try to impose your own. Um, and uh, so what happens is inex- inexperienced surfers will come in and, and you're trying to learn a lot of things at once, and that's what we were doing. We're trying to learn to, how to be on the board, how to pop up, all these things. Um, but we would get out there and we get on the beach, me and my friend, and we're with my, our sensei. and uh, we're standing there. We put our leash on, and we're like, "All right, let's go out." And he doesn't have his leash on. He's sort of standing there, looking around at the ocean. He's like, "No, no, 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 no. You got to watch 1st We're like, "No, it's time. Let's go." He's like, "You don't even know what you're, where you're going. You got to see the ocean." We're like, "We surf here every week." He's like, "No, no, no. It's different every time. You gotta, you gotta watch. You gotta see where it's peaking. You gotta, you gotta plan it out in between a set. You don't don't just go out there and expend energy. You gotta stop for a second and observe and watch." Um, and as an inexperienced surfer, a lot of times we would get out there and there would always be one of two things that would happen is um, we would either be too far into the ocean, um, like like these guys here. See these guys that are, they're out here. They're probably waiting for a big, a big wave to come in. Um, but I'm guessing that with these two guys here, they look like they both tried to paddle for this wave, and that this guy got it. He's got his right hand, he's stoked. He picked up the wave. This guy over here is like, ah, oh man, my, now maybe he backed off and he's like, I'll let my buddy catch this one. But it sort of looks like they both were paddling for it. He caught the wave and he did it. Um, when you're too far back, the wave hasn't developed enough for you to catch it. And what will happen is you'll start to paddle for it, and then you'll get picked up, and then it will pass right through you. And I, and I think. Things like that happen in life where suddenly you feel a little bit of momentum and all of a sudden it kind of goes through you. And then the other thing that happens is you might be too far forward towards the shore and the wave will crash behind you or crash on top of you. And you'll move forward under the power of the wave, but you won't look good doing it. (laughs) And it will kind of hurt and you'll start to wonder if waves are good for you. Um, um, But but most of it is going out and waiting. It's like 90% waiting and when you get yourself in the right position it takes very little effort to catch waves mm-hmm. we would go out there and we'd paddle 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 and expend ourselves and sometimes we'd catch waves sometimes the effort did get us in the right position but we noticed with him he would always be in the right spot so that he took two strokes and he was in a wave almost every time he looked like a master out there so yeah that's my metaphor isn't
1: that great <laughs> thanks spence so I heard that, and I was just like, man, as I'm studying you know, Sabbath and, and rest, I'm just realizing the, the rhythm of rest that God designed for us to walk in is a lot like the, the rhythms of surfing. And so many of us, including myself, we just thrash in life. When it's getting too far out or too far off to the side or... Sometimes we get pushed forward, maybe ungracefully, and sometimes we totally miss what God has for us. So, are you willing? Are you willing to consider just resetting your rhythms of rest over the summer? We're going to finish kind of where we began. If you would just close your eyes. I want you to take a moment. Just Again, how how are you in your rhythm of Sabbath rest today? Are you slowing down, even stopping enough to receive? the gift of grace that God has for you. Are you willing to trust him? Are you willing to stop thrashing and earning and fighting? Are you willing to just receive what he has for you? Intentionally celebrate and honor, remember his faithfulness, his goodness, his kindness, his compassion, his design, his love for you. Do you not know, have you not heard? The Lord is an everlasting God. He's the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding and his grace and his love and his compassion and his kindness, no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary. He increases the power of the weak. Even youth grow tired and weary. Young men, they stumble and fall, but those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint.